Every company has breakdowns in their revenue process. Sure thing deals slip into next quarter, competitors creep in and swipe deals away at the last minute, and deals getting single threaded that don't get to power. These are just a few examples of revenue leak, but there are a ton more, and they're preventing your team from reaching their sales targets. That's why I'm such a big fan of Clary's revenue platform. It's the only tool that actually helps leaders take control of their revenue and thrive through any market conditions, especially when things get tough. You can't afford to miss a single detail, but you also can't be leading by gut. Clary combines the science and the art of sales and sales leadership. So go to Clary.com if you want to answer the most important question in your business. Are you going to meet, beat, or miss on revenue? Welcome to the Live Better, Sell Better podcast with your host, Kevin Dorsey of Inside Sales Excellence, the number one Patreon group and YouTube channel for tech sellers and tech sales leaders, where we dive in deep for tactical advice on how to book more meetings, close more deals faster, and lead sales teams to success. But we don't stop there. We also focus on the person in salesperson. We talk about mindset, goals, time management, and so much more. So thank you for listening. And if you're interested, head on over to patreon.com slash inside sales excellence. Now with that, grab a notepad, get ready, and let's dive into the good stuff. What up, everybody? I guess I'll say good morning. It's early where I am right now to record. This is a little bit dark if you can't tell in the lighting, but I'll say good morning because that's when I'm doing this. And so regardless of when you watch this or not, good morning. So I'm excited to go into this one because I think productivity and time management are not taught very often. And this was something that has come up consistently in my teams. When you go through and you dive in to figure out, you know, why someone is struggling almost always there's a time management issue. And actually, it's funny, recently, someone actually made a comment on one of my posts on time management. And they said, there's no such thing as time management, it's all self management. And I love that because it's so true. We can't manage time, we can only manage ourselves during time. And so I wanted to walk you through what I've been doing quite literally now for almost the past seven years in terms of my time management and planning process. It's something I now trained my team on, I trained my managers on, and it's something we come back to consistently when someone gets off track and isn't getting done, not only enough things, but the right thing. So we'll dive in here, take notes, go through this, but I'd strongly recommend implementing this type of process into your week to make sure you're getting the right things done. So I got this from a book called Train Your Brain for Success, which is, I think, really, really underrated. I don't know many people that have read it, and it's phenomenal. Like It covers time management, goals, memory, speed reading. Like Definitely scoop this up. It's a great book. They have like videos that come with it, too, that you can go and watch and download. Like Really, really good book. This is also where I learned the Keystone Goal from. So great book. I have some more recommendations at the end, but definitely go grab this one because this is where it comes from. So let's talk about the why. The two-hour solution is not a trick to make you feel good. It's not just something you can go talk about on social media. The point of the two-hour solution is to give you significantly better results. And so if you think about it, would you be willing to invest two hours each week if that guaranteed you'd get 10 hours back 
in the same way. It's a pretty easy math equation to do. And it might sound like, wait, hold up. Spending two hours is going to get me 10 hours back? Yes. And sometimes more. So you do this when the week is done and you lay the foundation for the next week. And what it does, it helps tune your subconscious mind to attract success and seek solutions. When you know what your week looks like going into it, everything is better. Your brain is already working on solving some of those problems. So you do it at the end of the week. The end of the week is when you do your two-hour solution. Now, some people like to do theirs you know, on Sundays. I'm not a big fan of planning my week on Sunday because for me personally, if I'm planning my week on Sunday, it means I can't really unplug on Saturday or Sunday because I know I still have this task coming up. Whereas if I've done this Friday, I go into the weekend feeling clear and then Sunday night, I can just review my plan versus having to spend the time to do the plan. So when the week is done, you start with a review of your week. This is actually very, very important. So often we just go through life just cruising. We never take that pause to see, how did I do this week? So here's what the weekly review looks like. So first you go, was my plan effective? Effective. Notice the question is not, did I work hard this week? This is not about working hard. This is, was my plan effective? Did I accomplish the things that I want to? How effective was I at sticking to my plan? So these are two totally different things. If you didn't follow your plan, you don't know if the plan was good or not. This is very, very important because so often people are like, oh, that was a bad plan or it didn't work. When in reality, we didn't do the things necessary to see success. This is so important to ask this because you need to say, okay, like, was my plan effective? Yes or no. How effective was I? Yes or no. This allows you to start building some momentum of like, okay, you know where you need to improve. Because even if the results were not what you hoped for, now at least you can assess the problem and figure out what's going to be different next time. Because as people and as salespeople, we lie to ourselves all the time. And we say something's going to be different next week. Ah, next week, I'm going to do it. Next week, I'm going to stay on task. Next week, I'm going to hit my dials. Next week, I'm going to clean up my pipeline. But then we don't plan anything differently to make sure it actually Happen. So it is very important to review your week. Was your plan effective and how effective were you at sticking to your plan? There are absolutely weeks where I go, Jesus, I did not stay on my plan. Too many fires came up. I didn't manage my time or I didn't manage my energy properly and I did not stick to my plan. Then there's other weeks where like I stick to it and I still didn't get the results that I wanted. That allows me to analyze the plan and figure out what I can change there. So you end every week with a weekly review. I do this on Friday afternoon. So this is where you need to give yourself now some self-feedback. Okay, so if the results were not what you wanted, was it process or result problems? Meaning, did you not do the right things or the things you were doing are wrong or did you just not get the results? Where did the problems occur? And then deciding how it's going to be different next time. If you wrote down that you were going to clean up your pipeline and then you did it, you can't just go into next week saying, okay, now I'm going to do it. You need to figure out, well, why? didn't I? Where did the problem occur? Did I not block enough time? Did I allow people to steal my time? Was it not blocked? Did I not actually put when I'm going to do it? Did I start to do it, but it took significantly longer than I thought? It's really, really important. I don't want to like rub this in too much, but like we just don't review. We never look to see like, why are we not getting the results that we want on a week to week basis? So it's really important. If you did not get what you wanted, why? Also true on the good. If you had a great week, why? What did you do that week? 
how can you do more of it? Because everyone's probably seen these buckets, right? You have these four you know, areas of urgent and important. And this is where if you do not prioritize, you're going to spend most of your time in those bottom buckets. Urgent, but not important. Not important, but urgent. Like this is where it's going. You're going to live. And this is where burnout comes from. And this is also why like very, very, very rarely do you ever hear me tell my teams that they're not working hard enough. And the reason for that is working hard is a feeling. Almost everyone feels like they're working hard. But if you're working hard in these buckets, in these bottom areas, that's where burnout comes from because it never ends. It feels like you're pushing against a wall all day long. And so you end the day, you're exhausted. Like, man, I worked hard. She didn't do any of the things that actually were going to get you results, actually going to get you the success you're looking for. And oftentimes, and salespeople, I'm talking to y'all too, people intentionally spend time here. It's a form of procrastination in itself because the important thing, the big things tend to be scarier. So we'll bury ourselves in phone calls and emails and Slack, things like that. So it feels like we're working when in reality, we're just using work to not work. Yes, that's what we do. We will use low value work activities to pretend like we're working. If you don't prioritize, this is where you're going to spend your time. Whereas if you do prioritize and you spend most of your time in those top two buckets, this is where you can actually do less and get better results. Do less, we get better. I actually work less now than I used to seven, eight years ago. I was putting in 65, 70 hour weeks every single week. When you get better at prioritizing, you can actually work less because you're getting the results because you're spending them in the right areas, right? A perfect example for, for someone like me, for my team. I used to spend a lot of time getting involved in deals. If I'm involved in 10 deals, that's 10 hours a week, just like that in 10 deals. That is not the best use of my time. That does not scale, but it feels like I'm doing something, right? So you're like, oh, okay, like I'm in this, I'm helping. Getting involved in that amount of time, that's 10 hours every single week, gone. I don't do that anymore. That just saved me 10 hours that I can apply somewhere else or just take better care of myself. So if you prioritize, this is where you want to spend your time doing the things that actually get you results. And we'll talk about the 80-20 rule a little bit later on as we go through it. So The author says this in the book, a direct correlation between how the week goes and whether or not you follow through, both personally and professionally. You're going to see actually a decent chunk of what we're going to go through covers personal time spent too, not just professional. Failing to plan is planning to fail. It's cliche, but it's true. It's very, very true. And if you take the time to do this and you do things intentionally, intentionally, that's when you see the best results emotionally, but also in like the physical sense. If you're doing it with intention, so many people will block their calendars and then not follow it. Or so many people will block their calendars and then follow it, but not with intention. They're just doing it because it's on the calendar versus doing it with intention. I am doing this right now. And a perfect example, right, could be playing with your kids doing something special for your wife, calling your mom, calling your dad, calling your grandpa, like doing something with intention for 10 minutes versus trying to block an hour to do nothing with intention. So try this, go into this because I love this quote. Instead of saying, I don't have time, say it's not a priority. See how that feels. So when you say, I don't have time to exercise, when you reverse it and say, it's not a priority. Now it's putting the onus on you. I don't have time for family. Ooh, it'll hit you different if you start to say family is not a priority because that's really actually what it comes 
down to because you we have time. It's where we choose to spend it. Time is not our most precious commodity. Awareness is. Tension is. We all have the same amount of time. It's where we give attention that is the best priority, sorry, the best place to do so. So this is important. Never allow yourself to say, I don't have time anymore. You need to say, I'm not making it a priority or it's not important enough to me to do. When you take on that onus, you have to do it. Now, what he says in the book too, is that if you don't have two hours to block for yourself to plan your week, then you need to do this even more because you are a disaster waiting to happen. If you don't have two hours to plan, that's exactly why you need to do this. Now, quick asterisk here. You do this enough, it no longer takes two hours, right? If you do this consistently, I think I normally get it done in about an hour, maybe hour 15, sometimes two hours if I'm really trying to plan out something differently or I have to revamp things. But an hour, hour 15 minutes, I'm able to get this all done and go into the weekend feeling really good. There's seven key steps to this. The key to this though is Commit to this for four weeks, at least four weeks, try this out because nothing is perfect the first time that you do it. But if you do it, then review it like we opened up with, do it, review, do it, review, do it, review. You're going to start to find the system that works well for you. There's seven steps that we're going to go through here. And I encourage you to follow each of these as you go through. So here's the first step, right? So our week is done. You know, I took 20 minutes to review my week. How did I do in terms of my plan? How did my plan do? What were my results? This week, like I look at all of those things, both personally and professionally. Once I have that review done, it's okay, how did I do there? Step one of the two-hour solution is reconnecting with your goals. And I just did a workshop the other week on goals. If you haven't seen it in the Patreon, go grab it. There's a full hour on setting goals because you need to have them. It's really hard to do a great job planning your week if you don't know what you're planning that week for. But the first step is to reconnect with your goals. Five to 10 minutes of reviewing your goals, looking at your keystone goals, visualizing the accomplishments, seeing the colors, the, the smells, the sounds, like going back into your goals of like, why am I doing this? Why am I planning my week? Why am I working so hard? It's reconnecting with your goals. Think about the good that comes from achieving your goals. Also think about the bad that comes from not achieving your goals. If you have your vision board, you look at it, like get into this for a second. It is such a great way and the week to reconnect with the goals. So this is the first step. And if you don't have clear goals, that's oftentimes also why you may not be doing a great job at time management because you aren't doing it for or towards anything. So the first step, Reconnect with your goals, write them down, see them, be there, okay? Next step is you review and block commitment. So the commitments are the meetings or appointments you already have planned to attend. And anytime you've agreed to like meet with someone, right? Like your commitments, like they're blocked on the calendar. If not, you have to put them there. This is important. If you're going to do something, block it. But you want to review your commitments and also look at it and say like, what's the desired outcome of this meeting? Like, why am I doing this meeting? Is there an actual outcome? Are there agenda notes? Do we know why we're having this meeting? Because if there's not a good reason to have it, you get rid of it, right? And I will do this often. Oh, here's a meeting. This does look like everyone will say something like, oh, that meeting could have been an email. Then be the person that asks for the email. Hey, y'all, I see the topic here. I think we could just handle this over, over email real quick. Is the desire this? You don't always have to have these meetings, but it's reviewing those outcomes of every meeting. Do you know what the desired outcome is? Because if you don't know what the desired outcome is, either you need to find out or you shouldn't have that meeting. So after you reviewed your goals, you review your commitments. So again, like for me, 
I know when I'm having my one-on-ones, my meetings with finance, my meeting with marketing, CS, product, right? These are things that are just already standing commitments. And I'm just looking at them and making sure I understand why I'm having it. Because there's also times where maybe I've got nothing to talk about with marketing next week. So I will send them that note or message. Hey, y'all, I don't have much coming into this. Is there anything urgent you guys needed to talk about? No? Boom. Just got an hour back. So you review your commitments first. Then you schedule excellence time. This is the time that you are investing to strengthen yourself and your relationships. This is the time that builds you. Lots of things can live here. But like for me, this is when am I exercising? When am I reading? When am I meditating? When am I doing my goal setting time? When am I spending time with family and friends or community servants, right? Like this, notice this is coming before you're planning anything work related. This is when you're scheduling your excellence time. And this is really, really important that this lays the foundation of your week of when are you getting better, right? So like on my calendar every morning, there's a a section that says B-A-B-F. B-A-B-F stands for build a better future. That's my excellence time. That is when I'm doing my reading. That is when I'm doing my meditating. That's when I'm writing. That's when I'm working on side projects, right? It's like that excellence time of just kicking things off, but you have to schedule it. Same time with family time. When am I playing with my kids? When are we doing dinner? And this is an area that falls off for me all the time. And I can always tell when I stop doing this because then I'm like, I just don't feel that same connection. It's like, because we got away from planning these things. We are all so busy that if we don't actually plan the fun, we don't get to have it. So you schedule your excellence time. And this goes on your calendar. Not like, okay, I'm going to work out on Monday or I'm going to work out. Like you block it. When are you working out? If you have to drive to get there, how much time does it take for you to get there? And you block it. So you schedule your excellence time. This is so important. And I love that this is how it kicks off, right? You had your goals, commitments, then you get into proactively scheduling. How am I going to get better this week? How am I taking care of myself this week? So you get your excellence time. Now we get into scheduling your green time. This is specific to your professional life. It's green time because the color of money in your work, there are only a small number of activities that directly make you money or that you get paid for. I'm going to come back to this. In your work, there are actually only a small number of activities that directly make you money or that you get paid for. And if you don't know what those things are, you need to go establish them. Because if you're not clear, ask someone who knows. Because if you are clear, and if you're honest, you probably are clear on what these things are. And for salespeople, it's the things that we like to avoid. Our green time, things that directly lead to us getting paid, opening deals, closing deals. That is it. Opening deals and closing deals. That's what we get paid for. So how are you blocking time to open more deals, aka pipelines? So these are the things like cold calling, cold emailing, lead scrubbing, right? Like doing the action and then closing deals. This is an area where often I'll hear it from closers where I don't have time to prospect because I'm focused on my pipeline. Really, because I've seen so many closers that are demoing for eight hours a day every day. Not the case. But at the same time, proposals don't get set out on time. They're not customized. They're not highly personalized. We're not landing and expanding within an account. There's so many more things we could do with our green time as AEs as well, that oftentimes we don't because we get buried in busy work, red time, which I'll cover in a second. So schedule your green time. When are you making your calls? When are you going through all of your pipeline touches? When are you crafting those proposals? Like it's making sure that your green time is blocked. This is very, very important. So like for me, like as a VP, my green time, the things that like I truly get paid to do, you got to think about it. It's interesting. My job is to bring in revenue, but I don't close deals. 
I also don't open deals. So my green time is my managers, because if I can make them better, we'll get to the results. Figuring out what we should be doing, going through those metrics and understanding what strategic changes we have to make to get more revenue, finding the holes, plugging them up. That's my green time. What am I creating for my team? What processes are we putting in place to do this? So you have to have that green time on your calendar. Guard your green time or else it will be stolen from you. I love this kind of like analogy because if someone steals your green time, it literally means money is being stolen from you. That's what's happening. Someone's hitting you up during a call block. Someone's hitting you up on YouTube watching cat videos when you're supposed to be writing a new proposal. You're stealing from yourself. If you remember, you remember that green time is what makes you your money. Let it be stolen from you or you steal it from yourself. We avoid green time. We spend it in the red time because green time is often the toughest thing. This is what's so interesting. We're not paid to do the easy parts of our job. We're paid to do the hard parts of our job. Y'all follow me here? Like the easy parts anyone can do. You are paid the good money to do the hard parts. That's why you have to prioritize it and guard this time. So often we just avoid the green time. We don't spend time here and we don't do it intentionally. So what is your green time? And guard it. Then we get into red time. So red time is something you're not directly paid for, but it supports your green time. These are the things that need to happen technically before your green time. This is research, prep work for presentation, organizing leads, paperwork, performance reviews, et cetera, things like that. If red time is not done well, it stops your green time from being effective. Red time is not green time. These are two separate things. And so often, salespeople, we will spend a lot of time in red time. Oh, I didn't make my calls today because I was prepping. Oh, like I didn't send that proposal over yet because I wanted to touch it up a little bit more. Oh, I didn't submit my pipeline report because, you know, I want to re-engage with them, right? Like we spend all of our time in red time and never do the green time that's supposed to come from it. Red time is the trap. Red time is when you get pulled in. Now, actually, I'm going to back up here real quick. I just want to make sure that I made this clear. Your green time needs to be blocked on your calendar. I hope I said that, but everything we're talking about is blocked on the calendar. It is blocked off. Here is when I'm doing this task. This is really, really important. So same with your red time. When are you scrubbing? When are you doing your research? And by the way, you should be doing one thing at a time. Research all your leads. Don't research and try to call and try to email all one by one, research them all, call them all, email them all. Do one thing at a time. This is really, really important. Having that red time, when are you going to do this and setting the time accordingly? So I kind of touched on this. It's really easy to get stuck here because it feels like you're doing something. It feels like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, but the red time is what sucks us away from green time. I was just talking about this. Emails, answer them all at one time. Salespeople literally think back through your careers. How many emails have you gotten that were like mission critical that you respond, had to respond to within an hour? Like mission critical. It's very, very rare. Unless you are an inbound MDR, inbound sales development rep, where that's where you're getting the inbound leads. That's different. But now that's part of your green time because you're responding to an inbound lead. It's very different. Whereas if you're an outbound or you're an AE, it will be an email all day long. There's no emails coming through that require your attention that very moment. So email, block it off, do it at one time, paperwork, do it all at one time, staying on task for one thing, one of the best things that you can do for your productivity. Because when we do a little here, a little there, 
red time takes up the entire day. We feel like we did stuff, but we didn't come closer to our goals. This is the next big one. Flex time, white space. This is something where you have to know fires are going to come up. Meetings are going to come up. Things are going to surprise you in your day and in your week. This is where it's so important to say like, okay, when can I put this? Hey, KD, like, want your help on this deal? Cool. I have a gap at 3 p.m. tomorrow. Can we dive in there? I know I have some flex space built in, and this is so important to do. And do not make the mistake of scheduling your entire perfect day, green time, red time, like and it's minute, minute, back to back, back to back, because you know it's not going to work that way. 80-20 rule, right? Like make sure you have the big things blocked, but leave space, leave space. This also helps your brain going like, okay, I have room. If something goes over, I have a room. If I need to make a change, I have room. If a fire comes up or I have to move something over, right? But scheduling the flex time is actually really, really important. And if nothing takes over that flex time, use that time to think. Use that time to go for a walk and come up with a creative solution. Like it doesn't have to be filled because y'all, I'm telling you, when you start to plan your weeks focused on only the high leverage actions, you'll be shocked at how much stuff starts to fall off your calendar. This is probably one of the most consistent things I have to talk to with my managers is get rid of the junk that isn't actually helping you and your team. Get rid of it. Tell me no if I'm asking you to do too much or it's taking you away. Like, Make sure you're focused on the things that actually get it. Then we get this, the recreation or recreation. This is actually very, very important. This is your breaks. This is the things that are just These are the things that have absolutely no value, but they're good for you to do. This is the video games. This is just going out for drinks or grabbing a lunch, right? The recreation, recreation time. When are you going to do it? Because what's really interesting is so often we will do nothing and think that's recharging. us. If you're doing nothing, you're not recharging your batteries. You're just doing nothing. You're not just not spending energy. When are you doing the fun things? This is actually important in your days too, is when are you taking breaks? Especially for all of us working from home nowadays, it is so easy. There have been days where I look up and I go, holy cow, it's already noon. I've been going since 6 a.m. I haven't moved. Like that's not okay. That is not how we're supposed to work or live. So you need to plan this. When are you taking your break and just doing nothing? Or that's when you're going on Facebook. That's when you're going on Instagram, whatever it is. But you actually plan it. This is also what's really big for us. Focus is if we know we get to do it at a certain time, we're less likely to get distracted while we're in the middle of something. But if all you're doing is telling yourself, okay, I'm not going to go on social media or I'm not going to go on YouTube or I'm not going to do this. Your brain, that's what it's thinking about. But if it knows, hey, at 11 o'clock today, I'm taking a 20 minute break and I'm going to check my social media during that time. So it's really important to plan. This recreation, recreation time, you have to take care of yourself. This is different from excellence time. Excellence time is when you're getting better. Recreation, recreation, this is when you're just bringing joy. So I want to go through some tips and tricks here. So first of all, proactively, you need to communicate this plan to two groups of people, the people who mean the most to you and the people who often interrupt you. I will communicate to my wife and to my family, like if it's going to be a longer day or if certain things this week versus that week, like proactively communicate it to other people that they can get on board. 
because otherwise they don't know. They don't know that you're trying to accomplish these things. They don't know why you're doing your week the way that you are. You have to proactively communicate. So salespeople, proactively communicate this to your manager. Managers, proactively communicate your schedule to your reps and to your director and VP. Like communicate your plan. Office hours and especially with Slack and things like this, like Slack's gotten out of control now that we're not in the office anymore. Like the office was one thing. People would come like knock and see if you're available. If they could see if you were working, they might leave you alone, right? If you're wearing headphones, if you're on the phone, they'll leave you alone. But on Slack, no one knows. So just people are pinging all day long. This is where flex time comes up. I check my Slack in bursts. I am not sitting in there. I mute my notifications every morning and you should too. I check it during specific times and get back to people during specific times. I will not let Slack interrupt me because if it's truly important, someone's going to call me. If it's truly important, someone is going to call me. This is a big one too. Write out your top three, right? It should be on your calendar, but there's still something about going into that day, looking at the calendar and going, these are the top three things that I have to get done today, no matter what. And those should almost always be green time and excellence time. This gets done no matter what. I can get back to an email tomorrow. I can schedule a meeting for tomorrow, but today I'm getting these three things done. Bonus tips, technology, set boundaries on technology, cell phone, text message, email. They steal so much time. I think like I said, the average American does anywhere from like four to five hours of phone screen time a day, four to five hours. Think about that. That's 50% of a working day. I am notoriously bad at getting back to add text messages and missing calls. Even my friends, my family, they'll give me some crap for it from time to time. It's like, yo, like from 6 a.m. to 5, I'm working. That's what I'm doing, right? I'm not sitting there on my phone. I'm not getting back to everything. And you shouldn't be either. If you're checking email and text every 15 minutes, that's 2.7 hours of checking email and text all day. Think about that. 2.7 hours. And any of y'all, if you're curious, start looking at your screen time. Like before you think this isn't you, iPhone has it now. Look at the screen time. How much time are you spending on your phone versus working? Mute your Slack, block social media, working when you work, chill when you do not. This is so important. Most people would be shocked at how much they could get done at work if all they did at work was work. Think about that for a second. If you just worked while you were working, you'd get so much more done. But we're working. We've got our phone. Oh, there's a ping. Oh, what's happening now? Oh, someone's slacking me. Like all this happens and we're barely getting two to three hours of work done per day. Remove distractions. I think it's also, I mean, I'll use it as a good point. I think it's drastically, people drastically overestimate the amount of time I spend on LinkedIn per day. I think generally averaging it from 28 to 35 minutes a day total on LinkedIn. And most of it is before six or after five. It's small bursts throughout the day. It's next to nothing, but people will spend all day on LinkedIn, not doing anything, right? So set your boundaries on technology. Sales specific, pre-built call sheet, still one of the biggest productivity boosters I've ever found. AEs, SDRs, still nothing tops walking into the day, knowing who you're calling. I've shown it on a few of the goal setting sessions. I still have some of my call sheets from eight, nine years ago. These are who I was calling, their name, their number, my notes. Took 20 minutes to end every single day, but nothing has boosted productivity more than that. Call in bursts, 10 calls at a time. SDRs that are listening, AEs if you're going through pipeline. Work in bursts, 10 at a time, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, break. Versus trying to count up to 60 or 70, you count down from 10. It's way easier for the brain to handle five bursts of 10 than making 50 calls. Count down and work in 10. Pomodoro, 
I did this for a long time, right? Like sand, literally a sand out or a timer. Work on one task for 30 minutes. You'll be shocked how much you can actually get done if you don't check anything else. Schedule emails to go out the next morning, not in the afternoon. Because if you're sending them out in the afternoon, one, you have to be like ready for those responses. But two, like you want to set the habit of like, yo, it's going out tomorrow. I don't need to do this right now. So 80-20, I said we're going to touch on this. 80% of your results come from 20% of your actions. 64% of your results come from 4% of your actions. Like this is huge. You need to know what your 20% is. Are you focused on the right things? And do not lie to yourself. Do not say, oh, I need to do this or I need to spend an hour personalizing one email. That's not what's going to get it done for you. Are you focused on the right things? Also, focus on areas that give you energy. There's always going to be parts of your job that suck. Always, no matter what. There's also probably parts of your jobs where you feel alive, where you feel that energy, you feel that spark. Do more of that. Break down where your results actually came from and build around them, right? That's why the start of the review is so important is if you review your week, you know what went well, you can do more of it. Cut out the fluff. Just on the right things. You know what fluff I'm talking about. I don't know your life. I don't know your world. I don't know how many hundreds of people are going to end up watching this, but damn it, you know what fluff I'm talking about. Cut it out. For two months, you'd be shocked. Delete social media. Block your email. Block your Slack. Like You'd be amazed at how much time you'd get back just from cutting out the fluff of the things that pull you away from your job. So to recap this, reconnect with your goals. Schedule your excellence time, lock your green time, lock your red time, but stay out of red. Make sure you have flex time, white space, plan your recreation time, plan your joy, plan the play, plan the fun. Like this will sound counterintuitive, but plan the spontaneity, plan the surprises. Everyone listening right now, if you have a significant other or you have family or you have kids, surprise them this week. Watch this and surprise them. Do something, anything, but do it on purpose and put it on your calendar so that you make sure it gets done. Create your destiny. Don't let someone else create it for you. So it wouldn't be me if I didn't give some book suggestions. These are three of my favorites. Train Your Brain for Success, The Freedom Formula, and Get Art of Getting Things Done by David Allen. These are my favorite ones around time management, but I hope this was valuable. Plan your weeks, plan your days. Lock the things that you should be doing and make them non-negotiable. But let's go set some records. Let's go hit our goals and let's get after it. Thanks, y'all. Bye.